Well, in welcome to machine learning. And uh, I was just going to say, uh, when you look at uh, random forestry, it takes uh, it and creates a uh, a uh, group of uh, branches based on logic, and there's a number of leaves per per branch, and a and you can define the max depth, um, and then it creates an a a ensemble or a group of uh, classifier trees or trees in the forest, and then based on the the results of each one, it averages out to give you a final score. So the idea behind that again is a lot like HGBoost that you're taking um, uh, a set of maybe weak, weaker classifier or a weaker tree, but then getting uh, an average vote based on the rules that are discovered in each each of the trees. Um, and uh, so, you know, deeper trees are gonna have more rules. And uh, if you have more uh, uh, leaves per, per branch, you're gonna have more segmentation, more refinement. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, expert systems where you fit, you do, you put in the rules, and then you feed the input into the expert system, and then it, it will do its forward chaining and gives you, uh, based on the rules, will give you an output. Now you could do the very same thing with if-then-else statements, but the idea here is that you could add rules dynamically, so you could add more rules, and uh, um, there. There could be the possibility of some contradicting rules, uh, so it could be circular, like one causes another, but then co it causes leads to another uh, circular referencing. But um, the random forest doesn't seem to have that problem. It just uh, is going to work through and and define these different trees with a set of rules that is discovered in the data. Um, so from that, you can determine what features are have importance by using the models, the classifiers, uh, features underscore importances. And uh, you can then you get the column names, and then you can output the as a pair the, the, the uh, score. So the higher the score, the, high, the more important the feature. So when I was looking at candy again, you know, going, going back to this prediction of the uh, what would be the predicted win based on uh, uh, predicted win based on the uh, uh, inputs, the different types and the features, and these features that were important were the most important feature was chocolate, and when you think about that, it's uh, kind of interesting how chocolate has. Uh, become the choice of candies you know that uh, you had like we were talking about earlier you had kind of a toffee and uh, we, my wife and I were just talking about a candy that uh, we grew up with it was uh, it was white um, it's kind of brittle when it was colder you could like uh, snap it off and 
and then uh, it was hard to chew uh, when it's in its solid form and uh, and it has kind of a uh, it had peanuts in it so we were trying to figure out what uh, uh, what uh, what the name of the candy was and the uh, but the, you know that those those candies are hard to find and it seems like the popular ones are, are your M&Ms milk chocolate uh, dark chocolate uh, chocolate covered candy bars uh, Reese peanut butter cups you know they and and so, you know, um, I remember one time a man went to Africa and he was going to, uh, to the, uh, on a safari, he went to the, to the wildlife refuge there. And one of the communities he went to, he found that the Africans were harvesting cocoa. Uh, well, actually, in this case, it might have been coffee. But they were, he was saying that they were white coffee beans. And, uh, but then, the, you know, the, the story of cocoa is that by itself, it's, uh, it's uh, very bitter. And uh, um, someone realized that you could roast uh, cocoa beans and then grind them up into a powder. And I was talking to my wife again about, you know, when I was growing up, I remember we had chocolate, uh, but it wasn't sweet. And, you know, by itself, you wouldn't want to eat the chocolate. It was very bitter. But I remember uh, one Christmas I was uh, working on my Scout Merit Badge. I think it was Cooking Merit Badge. And... Uh, I had got, heard about a recipe. Someone, one of my friends, or so forth, had had made uh, some marshmallow fudge. So this recipe was very good, and I would almost like to try it again. But as I recall, we bought, I bought, uh, I think about a pound of chocolate, uh, Hershey's milk chocolate. Then I mixed cream and marshmallows and I believe some sugar and maybe even some condensed milk. I think condensed milk was a part of it. I mixed it together and then you put it in the refrigerator and it had this kind of really fluffy, not, not a, a hard fudge, but it was like a really light fudge. <clears throat> but it had that milk chocolate taste. And, uh, but it, when I, when I look, uh, when I, my family talks about fudge, when my wife talks about fudge, it's nothing like that kind of fudge. It's a um, mixture of cocoa and sugars and it's baked and, uh, it's hard and you it is broke up it's kind of almost like dried sugar when it's done uh, like wet dried sugar uh, you break it up it's about 
maybe a quarter inch thick and it's very sweet and it's very granular and that's uh, my wife's idea of a, a fudge and that comes from a family recipe and and even over the holidays I noticed that she was um, she was making this you know this type of fudge and of course I'm thinking back to the days when I was a scout and, and how I like a certain type of fudge and, and uh, every once in a while I like fudge with walnuts we were um, in Oregon and we were at the Multnomah Waterfalls and there was a person a, a little vendor shop that was selling fudge I thought that was interesting because you usually don't see people sell fudge it's uh donuts or cookies or something like that but it's usually not a, a fudge because it's fudge is a very labor intensive uh, candy so you could buy a square of fudge and it was pretty expensive actually when we got the raspberry covered it just sounded good a raspberry covered fudge and, uh, and you know it's very rich very sweet, lots of sugars, and uh, but we uh, we liked it, and it was a cold day, and uh, we uh, you know we had uh, been down there to see our daughter, and uh, they were with us actually, and we gone to the top of the mountain. Uh, her her uh, my son-in-law and I we went to the top of the waterfalls and. We were up there, and, and uh, while we were up there, uh, looking down on the valley below, uh, my wife and daughter, granddaughter, were doing some sightseeing and so forth. And anyway, uh, unfortunately, something happened to my wife, and she fell. But then we got uh, notified that that happened, so we ran down the mountains to see if she was okay. And think she was not, nothing serious and so we were really grateful that uh, there hadn't been any injury that way but she uh, had got skinned up a little bit and we think maybe she might have hurt her knee I think she had to have her knee worked on later so might have hurt her knee in that fall but uh, that was kind of a memorable experience of buying fudge when I was into Las Vegas sometimes they'll have like these little teeny cakes like they're maybe two inches by two inches by two inches and they're really fancifully decorated and stuff and they would sell for like $20 um, I never could have convinced myself that one bite of cake would be worth $20 but uh, it was an interesting concept and then uh, they had different cakes like that at uh, some of the buffets. So you could try them out. They were covered with a white chocolate. And, you know, I, I think that the, those, that white chocolate probably had more wax to it. Because it seemed to be able to form into a smooth shape. And it retained its shape uh, when it was chilled. 
but um, it's always interesting to uh, talk to people about why they like chocolate. Like the, my sister-in-law loves chocolate, and they will her when my wife and her sister get together, they'll talk about how great it is to have some chocolate. I personally don't see the fascination with chocolate, but of course, um, you know, it's kind of like one of those comfort foods. And when I was reading this article today about why people like chocolate, one is that it has an element of romance to it with Valentine's Day coming up, you know, uh, that someone who has been thoughtful of them will think of a nice gift and that would be chocolate. Um, another element to chocolate is it's got a nice texture. Uh, it tastes good. A third aspect to it is that it creates a level of comfort. Sometimes I've eaten chocolate just to get the caffeine, you know. Um, so I'm tired, working late, and I need a little something to get my mind focused again. And so I'll eat, sometimes I'll eat a little bit of chocolate. I don't like to eat too much chocolate because as I told you in a previous podcast, that uh, it hit, caused me to gain weight when I was working at a, on a contract site. Uh, the manager would give us a, a candy, like a half a candy bar every day, and I started putting on weight. And it could have just, you know, I could have blamed the candy for that, or, you know, the fact that maybe I was sitting and not getting enough exercise, that might have been also a contributing factor. But uh, candy has a lot of calories. And uh, you have a high amount of calories in a small, uh, in a small unit of volume. Uh, you're going to gain weight. So, uh, now one thing I found really interesting is other cultures are not as big on chocolate yet. For example, we had a uh, exchange student. And they came from Japan. There were two of them. And while they were here, they were very excited about American chocolate. It was about, I can't remember if it was Easter or Christmas, but there was a, it was a, a holiday where there was lots of chocolate on the shelves. And uh, they were very excited to have the opportunity to go to Walmart and buy candy. And in fact, they they went requested that we take them to Walmart, which we did, and they bought just bags of candy. And I asked them how they were going to bring it home, and they said they were going to leave some of their clothes here, and they were going to take the candy home. And I asked them why uh, they were so uh, big on taking American candy home. And they said because most of the candy was kind of a rice-based, uh, sticky candy. It was uh, a rice-based sweet uh, gelatin, 
square, chewy, like candy. And that the, they didn't have lots of stores in Japan at that time for cho buying chocolate candy. And they loved the Easter candy. They bought like bagfuls of Easter candy. So uh, I'm sure now in Japan, if you went to like Walmart or Costco or something, Americanized uh, store there, you could buy chocolate. But maybe as a culture, if you went to a Japanese home and asked for a cup of hot chocolate, they might not be able to accommodate you. Well, there's uh, many different aspects to chocolate. Uh, you know, where it's growing, where the beans are growing, and uh, uh, how they're how it's prepared, how it, how the chocolate is sold, and and how it becomes a part of uh, the American consumer's diet. I remember in Utah, one of the real famous chocolate, hot chocolates is Stevens, Stevens hot chocolate. And uh, used to like that when we would uh, kind of sit around as a family and we'd watch uh, TV. And we'd usually had uh, different types of flavors of hot chocolate. There was like mint, uh, there was, oh, I can't remember all of them, but there there were quite a few, maybe there was one was peppermint too, uh, but there there was different flavors of Stephen's hot chocolate. Anyway, we'd warm that up and watch our TV show and drink hot chocolate. Great memories. Very delicious, very expensive. And then, you know, growing up, I had Nestle Quick hot chocolate. And you could eat that. I guess you could take uh, drink that either as cold or hot. Just so pour in your milk and then you mix the, you mix the hot, uh, you mix the uh, chocolate powder in with your drink and then you would eat it, drink it. And, you know, they, there was different uh, flavors. There was chocolate and there was strawberry and you know, I never did like the strawberry that much. It's almost like, you know, tang, if you like tang. But I uh, uh, drank a lot of that when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, when going to school, they always had milk cartons. And you could get uh, chocolate milk or regular milk. Sometimes I'd get chocolate milk. So chocolate's been a part of our society for a long time, and it has a lot of, it's a heavily integrated into our culture. 